classe gibberish. Hello there, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Classy Gibberish. I'm your host, obviously, Andre, and we're here today for another episode of the radio show in which we play the absolute bangers of the history of classical music. The bangers we all know and love. And today we have another female composer because um, I failed my promise to alternate between male and female composers uh, a couple of weeks ago and I played two male composers in a row. So now to uh, set things straight, I'm going to play uh, another female composer just like last week. And today we have... It's a long name... Uh, apparently she was a protégé of uh, a French king, Louis, whatever. There were too many Louis in um, in France. Anyway, and her name was Elizabeth Jacquet Laguerre. And the, the, the name of the piece is Le Passage de la Mer Rouge, which is the passage of the Red Sea. Which is a reference to the Bible. Anyway, I'm going to go straight ahead with it and start playing this piece. Should. There we go. And immediately it has um, a sort of uh, sonority, a sound that makes you go back to. Want to say the 1600s, 1700s? It's uh, yeah, quite interesting. I like it. Anyway, I just noticed that I actually don't have anything to um to talk about. <laughs> I completely forgot that the main thing I do on this show is talk. <laughs> Oh yes, this is a, um, there you go, this would be nicer, uh, this is a cantata, so, um, I, th- I think it's sort of like, um, an opera, but without the, 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 the part where there's theater and, and, um, actors and stuff, and it's just singing, um, but yeah, so far quite nice, I, um, I do enjoy the the, the mood um, and the I don't know what this instrument is called. I know in in Portuguese. Uh, how do I translate? Let's see. Translate. Uh, and it is not being translated here. Aha! It is a <laughs> harpsichord. Interesting name. Reminds me of the, um, you know, that instrument which is basically a machine with a um, uh, a square or a rectangle where you can sort of slide the finger and it produces different sounds. Uh, recorder? No, it's not a recorder. But it reminds me of something like that. Um, Anyway, 
I was saying, what exactly was I saying? Oh yes, I didn't have something prepared, but I do have something that I wanted to talk about. This was because... This is nice. I like this. This is because last week I talked about the monarchy and how I thought it was silly. Um, you know, the, the, the whole thing around the royal family and the queen um, it's just silly in my opinion. And we had the, the Platinum Jubilee, Jubilee of, the, um, of Queen Elizabeth II um, last weekend. And yeah, everyone was um, super excited. And there was, even, even in Portugal, there were so many things about. Queen Elizabeth and the Jubilee and so on. It's just silly. Um, and I talked a bit about the monarchy and how I think it's outdated and um, it's about time that the United Kingdom gets rid of it. And coincidentally, yesterday, yeah, I think it was yesterday, I listened to a, an episode of a podcast I quite like, which is called The Moral Maze. Um, by the BBC and it's really interesting I, I highly recommend listening if you enjoy sort of philosophical questions or sociological questions um, the episode before this one which was about the, the monarchy and if it makes sense in today's world was about uh, universities and if they're still useful um, and if it's still useful to go to university so th some very interesting topics really in my opinion um, this is really nice. And I was saying... Oh yeah, and so the, 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 the way Moral Maze works is they get people that are uh, opposed and uh, in favor of, of the topic that is being discussed. Um, and they sort of then interview them and ask them questions about their position and so on. And there is a sort of roundup of everyone's opinion and what they thought of, of the different things and so on. Um, and, you know, so, so I kind of got to see what proponents and opponents of... Proponents and opponents of the monarchy have to say about its use and, and um, if, if, it's, if it still makes sense to have a monarchy in today's world in a country like the United Kingdom. Um... And, and it was very interesting, and I, I, I think the general consensus, um, you know, um, amongst the, 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 even the panel, because uh, there was a panel which asks questions from witnesses, which are the ones that are for or against the, the motion that's being discussed. Anyway, um, and that the, the general consensus between, in the, the panel itself, was that... Um, what was it? Oh yeah, that the the people for monarchy generally say that they are because you know it's not ideal but it works. That's the general consensus. And it's quite interesting because other than you know the queen being a, a figure of of comfort and respect and almost a, a, a mother figure to the whole nation 
there isn't really anything that they said was an argument for the monarchy. That the whole point was, you know, it works. It doesn't cause any issues. Um, and that, that was the general quote. doesn't cause any issues. Therefore, we should just stick it with it because, you know, gives us some money. And then it also, yeah, the queen acts as a, a mother figure to the nation. Um, and, and, you know, I obviously don't agree <laughs> with that position because I'm extremely, very, very strongly against monarchies. And my, my point would be that... Um, Even though, yeah, yeah, so, even though everyone's, I'd say, pretty happy with Queen Elizabeth and she doesn't intervene when she do, where she doesn't need to intervene um, and she doesn't express her opinions about, um, you know, controversial issues um, and she represents the country all around the world and so on, um, that doesn't mean that future monarchs will so for example people aren't very keen on Prince Charles rising to power that's just one example so when Elizabeth dies <laughs> if it ever happens because she's a lizard person <laughs> uh, when, when she dies and Charles if he's still alive rises to power then you know he, he might not behave in the same way you know and then it's it's a monarch so what can you do to get rid of him you know some of the people said um if if we don't like the monarch there there's ways that the, the, that the nation has of getting rid of them but what what if the, the the monarch is someone like boris johnson who just sticks around like a, a, a leech just sticks around for as long as humanly and even inhumanly possible um, and and doesn't leave as much as the British people and British nation wants them to what if, what if that happens then there's no, no way to get rid of them and and the whole point of of having democracy, in, for example, um, by having, for example, a president, as I'd say most countries in the world do, it's that, you know, they'll be there for some time, you know, in the in Portugal's case, it's 10 years. They have, they have a, a very similar position to the Queen, really, where they just sort of represent the country. But then there's another aspect to, to them that I think is quite important, which is they have... Uh, power over the laws that are passed and so on and I think that's a big thing because one of the points that was brought up in the moral maze was that if the queen had real power she'd be able to step in because now um, one thing that's currently happening in the UK is that the the British government wants to get rid of the uh, Irish trade agreements because when Brexit happened obviously uh, Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland is part of the European Union 
and as such, um, they would obviously have, um, you know, very specific um, agreements and relationships, uh, as would any country that's outside the European Union with a country in the European Union. But the thing is, when um, in the 90s, when there were the, the sort of uh, uh, the whole situation in in Ireland with protests and the IRA and so on uh, the Good Friday Agreement I think that's what what it's called was signed between the IRA and the British government I think and it basically um, created the foundations of a peaceful relationship between uh, Ireland and Northern Ireland and Ireland the Isle of Ireland and the rest of the UK and in that Good Friday Agreement, there are specific, um, sort of specific, um, how do I put it? There are specific things, specific clauses that must be followed. And it was a very important agreement. And the agreement that was made between the European Union and the United Kingdom when Brexit happened respected the the Good Friday Agreement, um, but now the United Kingdom, uh, the British government wants to overrule that uh, that agreement and wants to create some other thing which won't respect the Good Friday Friday Agreement as much. So it's a whole mess, and it's uh, even for for British politics internationally, sort of the word of the British government is losing value because um, you know they're they're completely ignoring the um, the the trade agreement between. Um, the, European, the agreement that was created between the European Union, uh, European Union and the United Kingdom in relation to Ireland, um, and so and, and it's something that's illegal internationally, and and I think it's extremely bad, and I I don't understand why Boris Johnson and his government are still going ahead with it, um, but. Anyway, so if the Queen had real power, she'd be able to step in and go, you know, this is... Is it over? No, it is not. She'd be able to, to step in and go, this is illegal, stop doing it. Uh, and this is something that uh, uh, a figure like the Portuguese president would be able to do. And when the when Parliament was illegally or irregularly suspended, I think in September a couple of years ago, um, and there was a whole situation with Boris Johnson and some would, uh, some thought that he'd be um, made to resign because of the whole situation. Um, but it, that ended up not happening. Um, but it was very, very irregular. And if at the time the Queen had any real power, she'd be able to step in and go, you know, actually that's, that's, that doesn't work like that, so you can't do that. So there, there are several issues which and, and several arguments for the um, f for creating a position that's more useful than the queen, um, and then even even the the whole argument of the queen being a mother figure, you know that doesn't have to be a queen. I mean, there are plenty of celebrities um, which or who, rather, have behaved as a sort of motherly figure to the UK. And even in Portugal, the Portuguese president currently is very much a, a father figure. 
um, or a p parental figure to, to the to the uh, Portuguese government and to the to the Portuguese people rather. And whenever tragedy happens and you know things don't go as they supposed to, as as they're supposed to and so on. He's there, he goes to places and comforts people, talks to them, lets them know that it's going to be alright and so on, and that the country is going to take care of them. Uh, in a good way, not in the uh, Russian way of taking care of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and it's... It's... Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so it, it's, it's not a real argument to say that the, the Queen is the motherly figure and so that that's why she's useful anyone can be a motherly figure um, and a president can be that as well of course you know we've had plenty of in instances in Portugal where our president wasn't a parental figure wasn't comforting or anything but because we're obviously in a democracy they were in that situation they were in that position for four years eight years maximum and then they left while if the same thing happens while we have a monarch, they're going to be there for plenty of time. Plenty of time. So, yeah. I, I just think after... Uh, I'd like to think I'm a fairly open-minded person and open to arguments against my positions. And... Yeah. Even then, even by... Even being so, I was not at all convinced by by the arguments that were used for the existence of the monarchy in in that um, in the the moral maze. That's what it's called. So, yeah. And then one thing I found quite funny. This was actually in an, another podcast I listened to, um, but this is actually a Portuguese podcast, not a. Um, an English spoken one and it's it's a podcast about sort of political commentary and in this in this podcast that the, the panelists um, you know emphasize that you know what's being celebrated in the Jubilee Jubilee what was being celebrated in the Jubilee isn't really anything at all I mean they pointed out what exactly did the queen do throughout her 70 years in power. See, she just was in places and and witnessed things and was in power while certain things happened. You know, she went through the Second World War. Good. She, she was there when... Um, when the Good Friday Agreement was reached, good, yeah. Um, she um, she went through Brexit. She was there as well. Okay, what she, what what exactly did she do? Nah. Arguably, not much. She was just there. Which, to be fair, I think that's the the whole reason why um, the the people in the the podcast, the Moral Maze, I mentioned why they, they're happy with the Queen. It's because she's there, she just doesn't interfere much. She um, doesn't interfere much, she just comforts people, is the motherly figure and brings some money to the nation. 
Um, but I, I don't know. I think uh, someone with as much reach as a monarch and, you know, the whole symbolism behind it. I'm, I'm not one to usually mention the symbolism of things. Um, but the fact that the monarch is supposed to be better than, than anyone else in the country and, you know, divinely told by God that... Um, not told by God, but chosen by God to rule the country and so on. Um, it isn't very nice either. So... Pardon me. I haven't eaten in a few hours, so... I'm very hungry. No, oh, yeah. Forgot to actually talk about my how my week's been. I um, worked mainly. Um, it's been good this week, actually. And other than that, I made some, pla some plans about the radio next year, which I'm really excited about. Everything's sort of. Um, being put in place and we've got all the plans made and a concrete plan on how to achieve everything so it's really exciting um, and yeah it's, it's really good it's really good I'm, I'm happy with the people I've got around me I'm happy with the plans we've got so it's it's gonna be exciting another thing that happened this week is I got my grades from my assessment. If you remember on the previous week, I got my degree classification. And I got a first, which I'm very proud about. But this week I, I got the actual grades I had on my assessment. And crucially, one of them was my dissertation. And so I found out I had an... Uh, how much did I have? A4, which is a um, 20, 20 and 23, or a 67 no, to 83%. So it's, uh, it's quite nice. I, I'm really happy about it. And what was I saying? Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about it because... Basically, I've finished proper university. I don't have any more exams. Uh, the remaining things I have are assignments and dissertation and so on. And obviously, dissertation is going to be the main thing because I'm going to do an integrated master's next year. And so the dissertation is going to be a main piece of, of, of assessment, really. It's going to be a major assessment for me. Um, and a major component of my final grades for my integrated masters. Um, and so I was really interested to see how much I would get in my dissertation because, you know, if it was a, a really bad grade, I, I had much to improve. But it is a, a very good grade, so I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'm happy with the feedback I've had. Um, and I'm I'm... Confident that going forward, I'll um, I'll be able to write a good dissertation next year as well. Um, so that is everything we had time for today. Uh, what we heard just now was "Le Passage de la Mer Rouge," composed by Elizabeth Jacquet Laguerre. Um, 
and it was it was quite nice. It has a, a, a reminds me a lot of like the 1600s, 1700s, and you know when you watch uh, historical films of of Europe in that era, sort of brings me back to the sort of that sort of imagery. So yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I, I enjoyed it. It's not my usual kind of thing. It's not my favorite uh, classical music piece in the world, or in history rather. But uh, but it, it it is nice. It is quite nice. Anyway, that is unfortunately everything I have time for today. Um, I'll be back again next week with more classy gibberish. Until then, I really hope you have a great week. Because um, uh, I will try having one as well. Uh, I should have how many? About four or five more episodes before I uh, go away for my um, summer holiday back home with my family, which is going to be really nice. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be here for for um, a few more weekends. So if if that's something you look forward to, then you've got a few episodes to look forward to before I have a little break for summer. Um, anyway, I have bubbled, blubbled, blubbled. I have a gibbered for long enough. Get it? Because it's classic gibberish. <laughs> Hilarious. Anyway, I have gibbered for long enough. So I am off. As I said, I will be back again next week. So until then, I hope you have a great week. And I will try having a great week as well. Bye-bye! Classy gibberish.